everybody, and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Oh, oh, it's going good. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. good to hear. You know, our dad was a real jokester, and he loved <laughs> to scare people. Like, he loved it. Oh, yeah. And you just never knew when he was going to sneak up on you or yell in your ear or whatever. I mean, he, he was a master. Mm-hmm. I can't think of how many times that man stopped my heart, you know. So it's kind of in our blood. But mm-hmm. Scott, definitely. Scott's hard to startle. He's hard to scare. <laughs> the man has bat ears. He will hear. He'll, he'll always know. <laughs> well, just a few minutes ago, I made his soul leave his body for a minute. <laughs> Wow, it's not often that you get him. That is funny. It just so happened that I was looking out the window in my bedroom, out back to see it raining, just as he walked out of the garage and he did not see me. And so I yelled, what are you doing? Like right as he walked past. Yeah, levitation, (laughs) whole nine yards. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) Poor Scott getting stuck with this disaster, but it's okay. That's hilarious. (laughs) All right. So I'm fine. I'm completely It's not fine. like he hasn't done it to you a million times because uh, you're true. a lot easier, uh, to, I'm easier startle. to startle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's a rare win over here. Yeah, it is. It is. I think you should take all the glory you can get for that. Me too. Yeah. So what about you? What you been doing all day? Not much. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, you are still healing. I am still healing and... Camping was great. It also really, really wore me out. So the last two days, I've been pretty much down flat. Yeah. So other than prepping for this show, which I've had some fun doing because there's some interesting stuff going on right now. Yeah. Really? Yes, there is. So this is our Wednesday episode. And then, of course, we'll be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain for the uh, for case updates. Yeah. Uh, kind of doing some of them already today because they just fit so well into our theme. So we are doing a true crime roundup today, which mm-hmm. means that I have chosen three cases and Christy's chosen three fairly brief cases to uh, mm-hmm. present. So we can pack a little bit more into an episode and also, uh, you know, see some different kind of interesting stuff in the works. So yeah, there there really are some interesting things happening in the world right now. Also, um, in current true crime, there are so many murders of children at the hands of their parents that we just can't for Ugh. a minute. Not that no. those kids don't deserve their stories to be told, but we're just our hearts can't take any more murdered children for just a minute. Yeah, we're doing something a little different. There have been so we many. We have to. Yeah. Oh, if you just go check the headlines right now, it's just one after another. It is. It's terrible. Oh, it's we'll too much. talk about it again eventually, but holy shit, you guys. Mm-hmm. I what is happening? What is happening? I don't know, but a little news that made me laugh today. Uh mm. <laughs> the FBI caught up with Mike Lindell walking out of a Hardee's and <laughs> seized his phone and gave him a gag order, which he immediately ran to the TV and broke. Uh, yeah, but, uh, he sure did. Anyway, his account of it is hysterical. It is. And also, I just wonder, do you think that they'll let him have one of his my pillows in his cell? <laughs> 
Well, I've heard that they're total bullshit and not comfortable at all. Uh, therefore, I hope so. <laughs> I don't think there's much market left for them. He's all of his, most of his big uh, companies have pulled out. So maybe the prison system will have to start buying his pillows at discount rate. <laughs> That's true. They're on sale. If you start, if we start seeing these at the Dollar Tree, <laughs> I'm still not buying one, but no, you'll know. Definitely not. Anyway, so that uh, gave me a giggle, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, aside from that, let's kick it off. So you are going to start us off with an episode or a segment, a segment on uh, paranormal crime. Yes. You are probably familiar with the Jennifer Dulos case. Uh, Jennifer Dulos uh, went missing on May 24th of 2019. Her body has never been found. At one point, um, her uh, estranged husband, Fotis Dulos, was charged with her murder. And after being charged with her murder, he took his own life. And so... You know, for a long time, you know, it's just been believed that he killed her. And and now there's some stuff going on with that. Maybe there were some accomplices. There's a lot going on there. But something interesting that happened this week in the paranormal world. If you don't know who Sean D. Austin is, you can look him up on any social media. He's he's one of those ghost hunter guys. Um, also does some mediumship. He's been on a bunch of the ghost hunter style shows. Well, he was out at a river um, using an EVP. So an EVP is like, it's a radio. And it runs very quickly through all of like the FM bands as quickly as possible. And sometimes words come through it. And some people believe that it's, I think they also call it a spirit box, where mm -hmm. they think that those are spirits communicating with them. And I'm not going to give my opinion one way or the other on EVPs, but they were doing um, some EVP work and got a lead in the Jennifer Dulos case from the EVP. So I'm going to play a video for you that this is from Sean uh, D. Austin's TikTok account. And you'll be able to hear the words that they got from the EVP. Um, we had to look. Um, we let it go for a whole entire year because we had no way to look in the river, but everything that we had paranormal evidence wise and our feelings was that something was there clearly telling us. Um, so I wanted just to show you some evidence that we got two years ago in the river was basically literally telling us to get a diver and the names that were mentioned. And um, here it is right now. This location is also under three miles from 80 Mountain Spring Road where Fotis Dulos, the husband of Jennifer Dulos, may have brought her body. Nana. Execution. Jen, is that item we just found in the corner over here where you said dive? Tense. That's it, tense. What about tense? Did you come with it? Help. Did he pick this spot? Did he pick this spot? They help. 
Who's they? Move back the corner. I hope. Help him. Murder. Who's murder? So this is the EVP footage that they used to indicate that they had some information. Now they are interpreting what they're hearing in the EVP. Mm -hmm. It is hard to hear it. Um, I've used one before and sometimes words come through very clearly. Mm -hmm. Other times they're um, pretty garbled, but th that is the, the uh, evidence that they were using to go look for this rug. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is they found one. Mm -hmm. They found a big rug. Um, it was tied up with rope and there was something inside of it to weigh it down. Um, there were stains on it that they thought might be blood. They did get it out of the water and turn it over to the police. Uh, the police have tested it, said that the stains on the rug are not blood. And they don't believe it has anything to do with the Jennifer Dulos case. Um, just very interesting. It's pretty wild, though. It is. It is. It's pretty, pretty weird. Now, one thing is that this is a really common um, place for people to launch a kayak. And apparently keeping old rugs out on the um, riverbank is common um, because they can slide their kayaks off the rugs into the water. Oh, and that's what the police think the rug was from, why it was weighted. I don't know. I don't know anything really other than I found this to be rather interesting. I was appreciative mm -hmm. that the police at least looked at it. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I just, that was rather an interesting one. So it, it hasn't yeah. brought really a break in the case. Now those two names, Kent and Michelle, there are people with those names that are affiliated in some way with that family. So. Interesting. We, we don't know what it means yet at this yeah. point, um, but publicly the police are saying that it's not related to the case at all. But uh, I think it's cool that somebody's out there trying, you know, mm -hmm. there are a lot of people out there trying yeah. to solve missing persons cases. You know, we've talked a lot about adventures mm -hmm. with purpose. Yeah. And, you know, these There's guys are out. lots of people trying and, lots of different ways. Yeah, there are. And, you know, who knows? And honestly, they have to. They have to, because citizens have to be a part of the solution. We right. don't have enough well-trained police force to do it. No, we really don't. We Not really the don't. citizens are well-trained either, except for like in the case of Adventures with Purpose, who right. know, they're, they're pretty specially trained. But it's mm -hmm. interesting. It definitely is. Yeah, it is. And I, I mean, I'll give Shondi Austin some props for yeah. going public with this, especially even after knowing that they say the rug doesn't have anything to do with her murder. I, he mm -hmm. still, you know, went public with all of his stuff. And I, I mm -hmm. find that um, pretty admirable. And I'm just curious about where it'll go from here. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, Katie, I'm going to kick the mic back to you for a DNA for the win. It's definitely DNA. I don't know if it's for the win or not, but we're mm. gonna we're gonna call it that because that's the segment that we have. 
fits the closest, right? Yeah. Back in September 2021, a woman was raped in Tennessee. And her rape kit went on the pile with everybody else's. And it's never been processed. Well, last week, when Cleotha Henderson was caught and charged with Eliza Fletcher's murder, that jogged the memory of some investigators that went, hmm, he was a potential suspect in a rape that happened a year ago. Oh, boy. And they went, we've got that rape kit around here somewhere. And they did. And they got it processed. Because as you remember, in Eliza's case, they had the DNA from Cleotha's shoes processed in 18 hours. Yeah. You know, not the couple of years it takes. Or 18 years sometimes. Mm -hmm. In so many other cases. And according to, uh, you know, according to law enforcement in Memphis, if we put a rush on it, they'll do it that fast for us. You know, but, you know, as we know, I mean, I can go on about that for an hour. We don't have to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Very frustrating. I mean, I'm glad Eliza's case was solved. But catch this. It was Cleotha. He violently raped a woman in Tennessee a year ago. And has still been on the streets doing whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. Because that rape kit was never processed. His DNA was in CODIS. It's been in the system the whole damn time. God. Had that rape kit been processed, it's very possible that Eliza Fletcher would have never been murdered. Because this dude wouldn't have been on the streets. Yeah. I mean, he was a repeat offender. We know that he... Uh, you know, had kidnapped somebody in when he was 16 years old and went to prison for 20 years. He got out in 2020. He committed this rape. We also know that he's got some burglary charges uh, unrelated. And now he's charged with this rape. So yeah. as other rape kits get processed here in the next, I don't know, few years, are we going to find out that Cleotha had raped a whole bunny, bunch more women in Tennessee? I'm going to say yes, Mm -hmm. but it is unfathomable to me that Eliza's life could have been spared by this person being prosecuted in the first place for that rape he committed a year ago had they just done the fucking test. He had his DNA in CODIS. This was a slam dunk, but it wasn't done. That is horrifying. Um, Honestly, this woman and her family should sue the living shit out of the police in Tennessee. Here's what I hope this woman's family does. Yeah, agreed. Here's what I hope Eliza Fletcher's family does. Because as you all know, Eliza Fletcher was an heiress to a A billionaire fortune. fortune. And I hope that from this experience... This is my hope that Mm -hmm. Eliza Fletcher's family says, hey, you know what? We could put our money to a really good place right now. Mm -hmm. It costs anywhere from $1,000 to $1,500 to process a rape kit. And rape kits in the United States are backlogged anywhere from one to five years and sometimes more 
depending on the urgency of law enforcement and whether or not they actually feel like they need to investigate this case or not. Yeah, if they give a damn or not. The other part of that is frequently rape kits are only processed if the assailant is unknown. So say this was a date rape or something and they know who the assailant is, they don't typically go to the expense of processing the rape kit because they already have their person, which makes sense from a fiscal uh, perspective, maybe. But guess what? That is part of the biggest problem because we don't know then if that person is a serial rapist. We don't know if they've been committing other crimes. And so there's, DNA never ends up in CODIS where it belongs to track them back. So in all ways, there needs to be major reform to the way we process rape kids. We've been saying it forever. Uh, It is not, sexual assaults are not high on the list of priorities. It's horrifying that that's the case, but it is. And so I hope that her family, I hope beyond hope, that they first look at Memphis and then the greater Tennessee area Mm-hmm. and pay for every single rape kit that's out there in that state to get processed. Yeah. And then I hope that they form a foundation and they get really busy helping to pledge money and earn money and get the backlog of rape kits off the shelf for good. Yeah. I also hope that their organization that I hope that they form lobbies hard with local law enforcement or with local politicians and with state and federal politicians to change the laws. Yeah. Because most all rape kits are required have... to be run at the time of the mm-hmm. rape. Yes. It's most states bullshit. don't have a law. Don't no. have a law about how rape kits are to be handled. Nope. How? Low priority. Mm-hmm. So it is my dearest Just hope. women and girls, you know. Right. I mean, I realize it's also men and boys, but it is primarily women and women girls. And girls. And, you know, we're just not in general a real high priority. Mm-hmm. So there's an organization called endthebacklog.org, and I will link it in the show description. Go check them out. They have a lot of really good information. The stats are very fascinating. They've got some suggestions about how we can all start working harder to make a change as far as rape kits are concerned. And I'm definitely going to get on that. And I hope you guys too do too. But again, I really hope we see Eliza Fletcher's family rise from the ashes here after they can, you know, have their moments. They they need some time right now to process what just happened. But I really hope they take some of that money and put it to a really, really good place. Yeah, and get more sex offenders off the street, knowing Absolutely. that uh, Eliza's life could have been saved. Yeah. yeah, it certainly could have. He he could have not been on the streets. Yeah, if anybody yeah. gave a damn. Yeah. Wow, Christy, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for a true crime update. Yes. Well. Y'all probably remember Ellen Greenberg. Mm -hmm. This is Ellen. And we covered her case more than a year ago now, I think. Mm -hmm. maybe At least, yeah. Ellen, if you may recall, was murdered on uh, January 26th of 2011. 
She was found in her kitchen with about 20 stab wounds, including some of those stab wounds in the back of her neck. 